Guys, I recently started using Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish and explore some new languages. Believe it or not, growing up, my grandpa spoke fluent Mandarin, and I was always very jealous of him when he would surprise people by busting it out at a restaurant. It was very unexpected to see this man speak fluent Mandarin. Learning another language is an amazing skill, and Rosetta Stone makes it easy to do it. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted expert for 30 years, with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's also a great value. I personally got the Lifetime membership, which includes all 25 languages, so I'm pretty much set. I recommend doing the same. And also, this is a really, really great gift if you want to give something truly special and unique to somebody you care about a lot. No matter what, don't put off learning that language any longer. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, other world listeners get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com otherworld. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com otherworld today. Welcome to Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. I think in the first few episodes of this show, I referred to Otherworld as a kind of mini-series, which it was. Uh, I was not sure if people would listen to it or if there would be a reason to continue. I really wasn't sure what to think, what was going to happen. But we're about 30 episodes in now, and I'm sure most of you have probably figured out that this project is not mini, nor is it a series, and it's not stopping anytime soon. I've had an overwhelming amount of submissions, and the show has a lot more listeners than I ever expected, and we're just getting started. So thank you for that. I originally thought this would be a fun little side project, but at this point, I'm dedicating all of my time to it because I believe in it, and I'm so excited about the things that are coming in the future. Lots of the bigger, more complicated difficult stories and themes, I've had to kind of push into the future because I needed more time to carefully work on them. Also, I got married last week, and some of these topics and themes are so strange that in some cases I kind of had to be like, all right, this is becoming a post-wedding investigation because some of them start to become all-consuming and take up a lot of space in your brain. I'll just put it that way. Some of these stories aren't just one story. They're patterns, unexpected patterns. Now look, I'm not a paranormal guy. I'm not up late at night reading the forums, learning about the lore. I'm not a believer and I'm not a skeptic. I don't need any of this to be real. I'm here to tell stories about people and do everything in my power to get to the bottom of things, if I can. So that's all to say that as I go through these emails and interview people, there have been a few patterns that have come up. And these patterns are things that I've noticed completely in a vacuum, without outside influence, without a ton of knowledge about existing theories, and without really looking for patterns. And I think that's important. And the patterns are very strange things that have occurred in multiple completely unrelated stories. In some cases, stories that have occurred in different time periods and different countries. Things that I didn't initially think were significant until I saw them again and again. 
This episode is one of the interviews that contains aspects that I saw come up again and again as I continued to interview people for Otherworld and read submissions. And the pattern I began to notice is that there are many people who have had some kind of vision, dream, astral projection, or telepathic experience, whatever you want to call it, where they see a UFO or extraterrestrial being. And then immediately afterwards, they begin to have instances of psychic or extrasensory abilities. This is something that I've seen come up a few times. And there are other patterns that I've noticed between things that I don't necessarily want to lay out explicitly, but I'm sure will eventually reveal themselves as we continue on with this show. And there are a lot of patterns that I've noticed between stories. In fact, I usually hesitate to even point out these patterns directly because I think the most effective way to maybe get to the bottom of this stuff is to present this evidence without my own theories. Almost all paranormal shows that exist are presented as basically folklore, tall tales, campfire stories, um, questionably loosely vetted information, and sometimes, I hate to say, but just straight up completely fake. And that's totally fine. But for me, I'm genuinely curious and mystified by all of this. And I actually want to get answers if I can. For me, I think the best way to do that with my skill set is to be completely truthful and accurate with these stories, even if there's a spookier way to tell them by bending the truth or being creative with the editing. You know what I mean. That is not something that I do on Otherworld and will never do. Because as I've already learned in my brief time of doing things, you never know what insignificant aspect of a story might become very significant in the future. So anyway, this interview is from a person named Tara from Tucson, Arizona. And Tara is a person who had an experience when she was young that she believes may have given her some supernatural abilities later in life that she still doesn't quite know what to make of. And this is one of those interviews where when I did it, I thought it was kind of interesting, but I'm not sure if it even would have made it onto the podcast if it weren't for the pattern that I eventually noticed. And there's going to be a few stories with this pattern that'll come out down the line, eventually leading to a very big one that I've been working on for quite some time. I don't know when that's going to come out, but you'll definitely know it when you hear it. So let's get this started. This is episode 30. The title is The Flooded Yard, and you're listening to Otherworld. Hello? Yes, it is. We're still you still there? Yeah, let us, let us know when you're ready. Okay, okay. Um...
My name is Tara, uh, and I live in Tucson, Arizona. I was born and raised here, uh, and I'm 35 years old. Um, and this story is from when I was uh, around five or six, I want to say. Um, and around that time in my life, I don't have a lot of memories. I probably can think of like two things that I remember solely on my own without the help of like family videos or photo albums or anything like that. Um, but the main thing that was kind of happening in my life that I can remember was my parents were uh, gearing up to have a divorce or may have already had a divorce at that point. So the story starts in what I think is a dream, but maybe I don't, it's much, much more vivid um, than any dream I've ever had before. So I wake up and I look out this window that's next to my bed uh, and I kind of am like looking up at the sky, which is pretty uncharacteristic for characteristic, like for me, because I'm a little kid. I don't want to look out the window. I'm like scared of the dark. Um, but I look up and I see a star and then before I can even really realize that the star is like moving towards me, um, it moves past me. Like it comes through the window uh, and the window's closed. Like it's like glass window, there's a screen um, and the, the light just comes through the window. It doesn't break anything um, and it comes right past my face and I can still remember feeling like the warmth from the light as it passed my face uh, and it flew past me and landed in the closet behind me. And so I kind of turned around on the bed, looked towards the closet, and then the quote-unquote dream goes black. And then the dream comes back and I'm outside uh, on my back porch. It's still nighttime. Um, and so I start walking towards my swing set uh, and again, very like not me to be a little kid walking around in the dark. Uh, I wouldn't be out there by myself voluntarily. And so I'm walking towards my swing set and I walk just a couple feet. And then I feel this like urge to look up and like to the left. And I look up and there's just this massive spaceship and it's not like a flying saucer. It's not like something that I've ever seen. And uh, I don't think I've ever seen anything that looked like this before. The best thing that I've come up with to describe what it looked like is like those Mayan pyramids that have like big steps. And it's like if you took two of those and you took the bottom ends and stuck the bottom ends together. So it's like this big, you know, diamond shape almost and this thing is huge like it's bigger than my house and it is up in the sky and each individual step is like re revolving in its own direction and it's like each step is like covered in lights and they're blinking and there's like steam coming out um but it's just dead silent and that is like one of the things i remember the most about it is just how quiet it was. 
um, because it's just so big and it's like moving quickly and doing all this stuff and like I, I don't hear anything and then the dream just goes black um, and so that is the first dream that I ever remember having and it is one of the most vivid dreams and I call it a dream just because I don't know what else to call it um, but it felt extremely real <laughs> Like, I don't, it doesn't feel like some of my other dreams. And, and my dreams are very weird. Like, things don't make sense a lot of times. But, like, after that dream, and granted, I'm five, right? So I don't know how many dreams I really was having up until that point. But after that dream, I've had a kind of long history of what feels like meaningful dreams since then. And so that has turned into what I would kind of call like being able to predict deaths, but it's like not all deaths and it's not, um, I don't even know if it's like prediction is the right word, but like, uh, the first one that happened after the spaceship dream, I was probably in like third grade, maybe second grade. Um, and I think it was like the weekend and we were home from school and I had a dream and, but I knew it was a dream. This is different than the spaceship thing. This is just an actual dream. And I don't know how to differentiate between the two, but I knew that I was just dreaming with this, but I'm in my backyard and my backyard is entirely flooded. Uh, and so I'm climbing up onto my swing set, onto the like top of the slide to get above the water line. And I get up on the top of the slide and I look down at the water and then this, the body of a little boy floating face down just kind of floats past beneath me. And I don't remember anything after that dream. Um, but then I went to school that following Monday uh, and there was an announcement that was made over the intercom uh, that a kid from our school had drowned over the weekend in his family's pool. Um, and I don't, I don't remember much more about that beyond, I remember saying something to my teacher about having a dream about that and they immediately sent me to the counselor <laughs> I think they were really worried about me being a little third grader talking about having such a like morbid dream like that. So I, I went to the counselor and that was kind of the end of that. What strikes me about your, your dream is that when I was in third grade, I don't think I could or would even imagine the concept of a dead body, if that makes sense. Just, like when I was three, I don't think I knew what that was, you know? Like, I don't think I knew what dying was, really. Or the idea of, like, a drowned body. So that's surprising to me. Yeah, and I don't feel like I have ever was, like, exposed to anything like that at that age either. Like, and I guess that's kind of, like, why these things stick out to me is because it's, like, you know, I'm not, like, watching a bunch of, like, spaceship shows or, like, you know, shows about, like, little kids drowning. Like, I don't know where my brain would pull that from. And then the coincidence of the timing was just like, 
super weird, but honestly, being that young, I didn't think it was that weird. Like, it was one of those things where I thought about, like, older me, and I was like, that is weird that that happened. Like, but at the time, I don't think I really registered how weird it was to, like, the correlation between the dream and finding that news out. How long after was it? I had the dream, uh, like, that weekend, and then went to school that Monday, and they made the announcement. What did you think, like, when you heard that? Honestly, I think I was just, like, more distracted by the news. Like, the fact that this had happened, like, I was just more consumed in that. Like, just sad that that news, like, that this kid had died, you know? Because it was someone that, like, I'd, like, seen around school. And that, that was kind of, like, my first, I think exposure to like oh little kids die like I didn't know that you know like I thought that was like a grandpa grandma thing you know so I think I was just like super consumed with that at the time okay we have to take a quick break but we will be right back I've said before that I do not get scared while making this show but what does scare me is having to log into my bank account or pay attention to my personal finances in any way. I know that's bad, and I know that it does not make sense, but legitimately, what has recently helped me is using Rocket Money. It's a personal finance app that takes all of your accounts, organizes it into one place, and helps you get everything under control. I feel a lot better using it, and I'm no longer stressed. Also, Rocket Money finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I'm not kidding when I say that I recently discovered that me and my graphic designer, Colin, were getting charged $150 a month by a design service we didn't even realize we were paying for. I wish that was a joke. Sadly, it's true. We canceled it and are no longer paying for this. Thanks to Rocket Money. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com otherworld. That's rocketmoney.com otherworld rocketmoney.com slash otherworld. It's after bedtime, the kids are asleep, and the moms are out to play. We're Dina and Kristen, the duo behind the Instagram account, Big Little Feelings. I'm Dina, I'm a child therapist and mom of two who nerds out on all things neurobiology and psychology, and Kristen is a parent coach who wrangles three kids on a daily basis, here to give it to us like it is. We weren't meant to do this parenting thing alone. Consider After Bedtime your village. Follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, on your own terms. I've personally tried so many website platforms, and I could tell you that Squarespace is by far the easiest to use. Their Fluid Engine makes creating a website super intuitive, no matter how tech-savvy you are. Another great thing about Squarespace is that they have an online store. So whether you sell physical, digital, or service products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. And also, you could even create and design your own merch on Squarespace, and they'll handle the production, inventory, and shipping for you. And trust me when I say, doing that all yourself is a lot of work. So having Squarespace handle it for you is a big deal, and it's also a great low-risk way to start selling merch. 
So pretty much whatever you could possibly need for your website, Squarespace has you covered. Go to squarespace.com otherworld for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use code otherworld to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com otherworld. I hate dealing with my cat's litter box. I'm pretty sure everybody else feels exactly the same way. If you don't, it's kind of weird. The less I have to think about it, the better. And I'm sure Merlin agrees. Sometimes I accidentally walk in on him while he's using the litter box, and it's very embarrassing for both of us. He looks very vulnerable in there. I always feel terrible. Pretty Litter absorbs smells so well and lasts for so long that I could truly forget about it. I could go days without scooping it or checking in. He could do his thing, and I don't have to worry about it. When I do clean up, it's very easy. There's no dust or smell. It's super simple. And of course, the litter changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in Merlin, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. I never run out of it, and I don't have to have a huge container of litter taking up space and stinking up the room. So, Pretty Litter keeps tabs on your cat's health and keeps odors down. I think you and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as me and Merlin do. Go to prettylitter.com slash otherworld and use code otherworld to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash otherworld. Use the code otherworld to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One question while I have it on my mind. The first UFO dream, what made you think it was a dream? Like, why do you think it was a dream? I don't. I don't think it was a dream, I guess I should say. Like, I've referred to it as a dream because I feel like that's the way that I can explain it to people and they're not going to be like, okay, you know, I don't know. Like, I, it didn't feel like a dream to me. Like, for, you know, I'm 35 years old. Like, that happened 30 years ago. And I feel like I've just become like more accustomed to describing it that way but like probably up until like my mid-20s like I would tell the people that story and I didn't say it was a dream because it didn't feel like a dream so I don't know if that like complicates things or if, if it actually answers your question but your experience you you went to bed and then woke up in the middle of the night to see the star and then it came through your window went past you things went black, all of a sudden you were on your porch. The next thing you know, right? And then you see the UFO, the pyramid thing, and then things go black again. And then where do you find yourself next? I don't know. Like, I don't remember. Like, it wasn't like, boom, boom, wake up. Like, it's just like, it went black and then I'm, eventually, I guess I woke up. (laughs) But I don't have like a harsh, like, like, honestly, I think, it, you know, and it's hard to talk about it, like, super definitively because it was a long time ago, because I, I think that I, like, remembered it more in hindsight, which makes it sound more like a dream, um, I guess. But, like, I don't think that I, like, it wasn't like a see the spaceship, it goes black, wake up. It wasn't like that. So after that, like dream about that kid I don't I don't remember anything super super notable in my dreams until like I was probably around like high school age um 
and I was living in my mom's house and I'd been experiencing some sleep paralysis and kept having like kind of like intense, like stressful episodes with sleep. Um, And then that kind of like went away. And then one night I had a dream where I woke up in the dream and I just feel this thing like pulling me to go outside and it pulls me. And so I go out because I can't fight it. Like there's nothing I can do to stop the feeling that I'm feeling like I can't resist it. And so it takes me out to the front of the house and I'm facing in one direction and I just feel it pulling me to look at something down the road and in my head I just was like this is bad like whatever this is trying to make me look at it's bad I don't want to look at it and I resisted it um and woke up and then a few nights later fall asleep have a similar thing where in my dream I wake up and I'm being pulled and so I get pulled downstairs I'm like walking down the stairs and all the lights are off in the house And I like feel this pull to look to the left and there's these kids and they're kind of like playing in the dark in a circle in our like living room. And so I go to flip on the light to be like, what's going on? And when I flip on the light, half of the kids disappear. And In my brain, I was like, oh, they're ghosts. Like, that's what it meant in the dream. They're ghosts. Like, as soon as I flipped on the light, it, like, exposed that, like, half of them disappear or whatever. And it would just be a dream that I would write off as a dream, except for later on, probably, like, weeks later, I'm sitting in my, my mom's, like, living room watching TV. And, like, nothing's happening. And all of a sudden, this picture just falls off the wall. And, like, glass shatters, and it's, like, super stressful trying to clean it up because there's, like, dogs around and stuff. But the picture was of, it was, like, a a print of a painting of kids playing Ring Around Rosie. And so my brain connected those two things. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't have a lot of, like, deep meaning behind it beyond I had this, like, scary experience in a dream, and then I, like, this picture falls off the wall for no reason, and it's it's an image of kids playing ring around the rosy, which is what happened in the dream is kids playing ring around the rosy. And then from there, I don't think I had any notable dreams until probably like mid twenties. And I had a partner that I was dating for several years and, um, the relationship ended in like a kind of messy way. And, like, we weren't talking after we broke up. And one night I have this dream where I go to his house. And his parents are there, and I'm kind of, like, talking to them. But I'm, like, looking around, like, waiting for him to come around the corner. And um, at some point in the dream, I start to, like, feel like they're hiding something from me. Like, this is they're not being honest about, like, where he's at. And so I, like, keep kind of, you know, entertaining them and talking to them. But at the same time, I'm like, where is he? Where is he? And all of a sudden, like, things start to move in the house. So there was, like, these, like, cabinets that we were standing next to in the house. And they start to kind of, like, open and close on their own. 
and I start to kind of like think, I feel like this house is haunted. And then it just like clicks all of a sudden. And I was like, he died. Like he's the one haunting the house. That's what's going on right now. And I woke up after that dream and I just could not like shake the feeling. I just like was really like nervous about like how he was because it was very real in the dream, the feeling that he had passed away. And so I wake up and I go on Facebook to just kind of lurk and see like how he's doing and check in. Uh, And the last post on his Facebook page was one of his friends, you know, saying rest in peace, buddy. And it was like, I was not in touch with anybody in his life. So nobody let me know. Uh, And that's how I found out. Um, And I've had, you know, a couple of dreams, like visitation dreams where like people who've passed away have like come back and visited me and like, they're like in perfect shape and like super happy and they don't even really want to acknowledge the fact that they died. It's just like this, like letting me know that they're like doing good. Um, And I think like those, that's the, that's the gist of it. Like those are the main notable dreams that I feel like I've had. Who are the people that have come visited you and what did you guys talk about? Um, So there was a girl that I was friends with who passed away from cancer and it was not, it was weird. Like I like ran into her in the dream in like a, like a Whole Foods. Like I just saw her kind of like walk by real quick and I was like, oh my gosh, was that Elizabeth? And so I like beeline it to go track her down. And I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Like, like you died, like blah, 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 blah. Trying to just be like, catch her up to speed on her, like her, her death. And she looks perfect. And, you know, she was very different when she passed away. She looked very different, like almost couldn't recognize her compared to the person that I knew. And so in the dream, I don't, I feel like she was kind of like, I'm okay. Like, but she didn't want to talk about the death. She didn't want to talk about it. She just wanted to talk about, I'm okay. Um, and was just like radiating, like just beautiful and just perfect, you know, like super healthy, like the best I'd ever seen her. That's kind of where, where that dream was. And then the other one was that partner, the dream that I talked about where, you know, I, I don't know what a better word for, it's not predicted. I didn't predict his death, but that person, I had a visitation dream from him. And it was after I'd kind of like reconnected with his family. Um, But it was like kind of the same sentiment where it was just like, I love you. And like, I'm okay. And it's okay. And like that dream, there was like, it was like very bright. And he was again, like perfect health. He was in really good shape. Like he looked just like super healthy And the light was super bright and it just felt warm, but like cool. I don't know. It was like, I feel like that if it's just a dream and it's just my brain doing stuff, it was like my brain showing me everything that it could possibly show me to be like as comforting as possible, where it's just like, this is like air conditioning outside in the sun. It was like perfect. Like it just felt so good in that dream and he he looked so good in that dream 
So I feel like that's kind of the the gist of those dreams is it's just like them trying to like let me know like I'm good. Like you don't have to worry about me. So I feel like sleep or like a semi-sleep state, like when your brain is relaxed, I feel like it opens us up to things. Um, that's just like something that I've like come to kind of like believe throughout the years with this stuff where it's just like, I feel like the veil thins or however you want to say it. And I feel like you're more open to information. Um, the first one, the first quote unquote dream, I don't know like where that falls into it. <laughs> like I don't know how I feel about that. I just feel like looking back now, it's strange that that thing that's kind of like not really connected to the other things, but it was like the first one. And so now I have my like suspicions or like, you know, conspiracy theories of my own making of like, is that why I can like have these dreams? Cause I, you know, there's a lot of people in my family who like, they don't even remember their dreams, let alone have like vivid ones or meaningful ones or ones that kind of like precede some like major news or anything like that. So I have like suspicions about like a connection to that dream. And beyond that, like, it's just like, I don't know that it like, I don't know that it makes me move through my life any differently but maybe that's just because it's been going on for so long that like it just feels like a normal thing all right thank you so much to tara for telling these stories like i said i thought it was interesting when i first heard it but it became very interesting when I started to hear some of the themes pop up again and again as I conducted interviews over the last year. So I don't even know if her story would have made it onto Otherworld if I didn't notice the pattern, but I think that's the first of many bricks I'm going to start laying to build a foundation of a much larger series of episodes that's coming in the future. And I'm very excited for that. So thank you to Tara for telling that story. I think it's best to just lay all this stuff out, let people hear it, and maybe one day we'll have some answers about what is going on with these people because I truly do believe that something is going on. I would like answers to these things. I genuinely am hoping to try to figure things out one day if I can. Now, I don't think that me, Jack Wagner, personally is going to solve on my own some of the greatest mysteries of our world. But what I can do with my skill set is to find these stories, vet them to the best of my ability, and then tell the stories in the most complete and accurate way, getting as much research from the people who experienced as I can, and then lay them out in a way that they could be useful to people that do have the skills to maybe find answers to these things in the future and maybe notice patterns. So that's what I'm doing here. And I think Tara's story is one step towards 
a very interesting series of things that you will hear in the future. Like I said, I'm very excited for that. Tara, thank you for telling me the story. I think it's very interesting what happened to you. I know that a lot of kids have strange dreams. By the way, it sounds a little different than a dream, but that is a very specific image of a UFO, one that is quite modern and rare. It's not, if you were to ask a little kid to draw a UFO, that's not what they would draw. It's a very, very vivid description, and that's why it stood out to me, and something that they still remember. Not only that, the premonition about the boy drowning at school is also very specific, and once again, stands out to me as something that seemed to come from the outside, if you will. I don't know if any of you remember being that age, but you kind of exist in a fog of ignorance and naivety, if you will. Um, I remember learning what my own middle name was. (laughs) You know, there are things that you just don't know and are told about later on. And one of those things is the concept of a dead body and drowning. You know, you might know the word, but you don't know what it means. And generally, little kids are not having dreams about dead bodies. That sticks out to me. So, this has been episode 30. The title is The Flooded Yard, and you've been listening to Otherworld. Otherworld is executive produced and hosted by myself, Jack Wagner. The theme song is by Coberman. The soundtrack of this episode is by North Americans. Editing and engineering by Theo Schaefer. The artwork for our show is by Cul-de-Sac Studios. This is an independent show, so please show us your support by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and telling your friends. Also, if you want to hear more of Otherworld or contribute to the show, sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash otherworld. We have a bunch of bonus episodes up there. I just put an interview up last week with a biologist who is currently in the Lake Titicaca region of South America. And he tells me all sorts of wild stories about devil worshiping in mines, people making sacrifices, and a lot of the strange superstitions that he's encountered while working in the field as a biologist. So check that out, patreon.com slash otherworld. If you want to follow us on social media, we're at otherworldpod on Instagram and Twitter. And finally, if you or somebody you know has experienced something paranormal, supernatural, or unexplained, you could send us your story at stories at otherworldpod.com. Come